0: Welcome to the Money, Sex, Business, and Awakening podcast. I'm Alex Harvey, and I'm a money and personal empowerment coach. My podcast is here to support you to create your financial prosperity, do your purpose work in the world, and self-actualize. I am here to share with you what I've learned over the past 10 years that I think every woman should know about accessing your deep power through your sexual life force energy and relationship to money because it's truly mind-blowing and only taboo to keep you small. I blend together the latest in neuroscience and practical strategies, as well as teachings and principles from ancient traditions such as Tantra, Taoism and alchemy. Thank you so much for joining me and I can't wait to see you in the show. Hello and welcome to this podcast episode. Welcome back to the podcast if you're a regular listener and welcome if this is your first time listening. I'm so excited to have you here and I'm so excited to share this episode with all of you where I'm going to share with you my major learnings, insights and takeaways from the safari that I recently went on. So a little bit of background, I just recently, was it actually a month ago? I can't believe it's been a month ago. A month ago, I went on Safari in South Africa and Eswatini, which used to be called Swaziland, with my mentor and coach William Whitecloud. So my mentor and coach William is actually from Eswatini. That's where he grew up. and for many years has been running safaris to South Africa and Eswatini that are called soul safaris. They're personal development safaris. So you can think of this like a personal development retreat um, in the setting of a safari. So that's what I've just recently done. And I, I've been wanting uh, since we finished to create a podcast episode for you guys, sharing what I got from it, what I learned. And initially I wanted to create this episode right away because I after the retreat, well, the retreat, the safari, I went to Cape Town for almost three weeks. And I thought maybe while I was still in Africa, I would create the episode. But it didn't happen there and I'm actually really glad it hasn't because I've been really tested since the safari and I've been applying what I learned and so I actually think what I learned is going to come through a lot more powerfully and I'm going to be able to share more examples with you of really, you know, applying this stuff and what it means throughout this episode. So I think that's pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited. Should we get into it? I think we should. Um, And so a couple of the things I'm going to mention this episode, I think I'm going to leave them more for the last things. If you haven't been following my work, if you're not familiar with uh, the creative orientation work and alchemy, it might be a little bit advanced. um, And so it's really going to uh, particularly serve people that work with me already, clients that I have, people in my mastermind that are, um, you know, because some of the concepts will be building on the the basic framework that I teach and I use in my coaching. But I'm pretty sure even if you haven't um, learned the framework that I use you're, it's still going to land in some way. It's still going to plant a seed for you. There's, you know, this is all universal stuff. It's all about how we operate as human beings. And, you know, we, as human beings, we all have a heart. We all have things that we love, dreams, talents, things that are just inherent to us. And we all have the experience of our ego. There's part of us that's been developed through all of our life experiences experiences and has collected up all these wounds and bruises about ourselves, others in the world, how the world works. And, you know, it's the side of us that is self-limiting, that self-sabotages, that holds us back from what we truly want to create. So we all, whether you've learned uh, the framework that I use or not in my coaching and my teaching, it's universal that we resonate with that and have that experience. So I'm, I'm sure what I share is, um, in the, the latter points of this podcast is going to land for you anyway, or it will land for you in some way still. All right, shall we get into it? So one of the major things on safari that we went through and that I've then just been, you know, really sitting with integrating and applying since is that the past is over. The past is over. Now, what what we do by default in our ego is that we project our past onto the present, and we project our past onto the future. So we encounter situations in the present, or we look at things we want to create, our visions, and we project our past onto it. We project what's happened before when we've tried something similar. What have we seen other people do? And we make up a story through that about what's actually possible for us and what we're capable of, and what's even just possible in the world. Even though we know people create outside of that all the time, but we still have this rigidity of projecting our past onto the present moment. It's how we interpret the present moment. You know, if if there was five people in a room and, you know, there was a dinner party and maybe some drama went down in the dinner party, let's say, and you asked each of those five people what happened, they would all tell you something different. You know that, right? There, there would be different stories. Some people would be completely on the side of, you know, one person in the drama, another person would be completely on the side of another per- the other person in the drama, and they would have vastly different stories and version of events of what's going on. And that's because we all project different ideas and beliefs onto what's happening, which gives us all of us a different interpretation of what's happening. And so that's how we continue to just recreate the same old shit in our lives is because we are projecting this past experience and beliefs onto our present and onto the future just all day, every day. It's a habitual thing that we do. It's part of our human condition. So one of the things we went through in safari is that the past is over. The past is over. So let it go. Let it be over. It's only once you really let and make the past be over that you will start Creating from possibility that you will start creating from outside of your past experiences. For as long as you project your past onto the present, you will continue to have experiences that align with your past, that align with what you've experienced before, because that's how you believe things are. And that's why you've continued to create that experience. That could be a level of income. That could be how visible, um, you are in your business, how much momentum you have in your business, repeated patterns in relationships or friendships or people that you receive help from, you know, like you, you have a pattern of experience and the past is only over. You only break out of that. You only start creating the things that you, you know, you would love those visions that are not what you've had before in your past. You only start creating them when the, when you can make the past be over When you can stop projecting it onto the present. So how do we do that? And what does that mean? Well, one of the things we went through on Safari, and I just saw this to a level I had never seen it, is that our past is present in our reactions to things. So the reactions that you have in every situation by the reactions, I mean the thoughts and feelings you have in response to what you're observing, to what you're experiencing, is your past, is your Ego communicating to you your past. For example, something as simple and something that I noticed straight away on on the I keep calling it a retreat safari. I'm, I'm going to call it a retreat or a safari. Something that I noticed um, immediately uh, after this was just how in what seemingly inconsequential situations my reactions to them. So, someone that I was perceiving to be. Um, bossy or, uh, trying to kind of prove themselves or get attention or something. I had immediate thoughts and feelings about that and judgments about whether I liked that person or not. And then I, you know, and then I start creating an image of that person based on how I've judged them. And that's my reaction to that situation. And then another person who's, um, you know, being, I mean, these, these are just judgments, but who's, who's exhibiting a different behavior that then I'm judging as like, oh, that person is wanting and needing like attention from me and validation. And that's repelling me. I don't, you know, cause I'm, I'm afraid of that person like sucking my energy, taking my energy and then just seeing, but, but what was happening was I was having a reaction to someone's behavior. I saw myself having reactions to different people's behaviors, thoughts and feelings about those behaviors, and that is projecting my past onto the present. That's not actually being in the truth of the moment. It's starting to create a definition of... Um, and, and story of what the moment means, of what, what it means about this person, and therefore how I'm going to respond to that person. That is recreating and reliving the past. Is when you ha- you know, you have a thoughts and feelings reaction, response to different things occurring throughout your day, and you go along with them and respond how you've how you habitually have learned to respond to that perception of what's going on. So I know that that could sound a little bit abstract, but I'm trying to ground it with examples. So for example, there was a way I noticed the the person who was being, uh, I, I was perceiving was being bossy and, um, you know, I guess a bit rebellious and whatever. And then how I reacted to that is to, is to stonewall that person and to just not give them any attention and energy because I feel like they're seeking attention and energy. And that's going into, even though that might seem innocent, that's going into a reaction, which is reliving the past. And it might seem like a very innocent kind of micro example, but there is a flow on effect of how then that plays out a greater pattern that is my pattern. You know, we all actually have a very fixed pattern um, of what we play out in life, what we play out in relationships with different types of people and in different types of settings. Um, and then, you know, the end results that we yield from that, we we actually have a fixed pattern. And so this is just like a micro example of that. But if you go along with any part of your pattern like you you then create, you then play out those larger things um, that you don't want to be playing out that are actually keeping you and holding you back from the things that you want. Um, And I had some larger patterns really revealed to me as well uh, throughout the safari. And in this podcast, I'm going to start stick to like the, the, the learnings and the lessons. So many personal insights. I've actually been a little bit blown away that I had some through the safari and then a lot afterwards. um, And then this whole month following a lot of things landing. And I am usually Uh, hesitant to create a podcast or create content that's all around my own personal insights, because it doesn't apply to everyone. It applies to me based on my beliefs, you know, my, my, wounding and dysfunction that was created. Everyone has wounding and dysfunction that was created through their individuation phase growing up. And then we just play that shit out throughout our lives until we learn how to evolve past it, which is, you know, about what so much of my work is about. And yeah, so I'm usually resistant or hesitant to create content that's all about my personal insights. Um, But if that would interest you because I know sometimes people do find that really interesting or it really helps them see things in themselves. Let me know and I can create a podcast, a safari podcast that's about my personal insights because I have a list just as long as these overall lessons of, of like real penny drops of what I've learned about myself, the things that I do compensating behaviors that I have. Um, And, you know, we all have these and so possibly in sharing mine, it it will help you see some of yours. I'm not sure, but let me know if you'd like me to create that episode. Otherwise, I'm just going to stick with this episode. That's the overall learnings. So our past is presented to us and is recreated by us through our reactions in every moment. And then if we go along with those reactions, um, And so in order for the past to be over, so in order to actually really bring to life what you most want in this life, to live your true nature and purpose, if that is, you know, traveling the world and having a location independent business, having a business where you're impacting thousands, maybe even millions of people, um, being, you know, being this force of of good in the way that like you would love, like in the way that lights you up and creating a fucking epic life. If that's something that you're really here for, and that's something that you're really after, you must end the past. You must end projecting your past onto the present. Otherwise you're not going to get there. It's not going to happen. And as as I say this, you don't have to be perfect at it. Don't think you're going to be perfect at it. You just have to majority of the time have the power in the present, the possibility of the present and the end result of your vision and not in going along with your reactions that are a projection of the past. So, the way that we do that, the way that the past is over, in order for the past to be over, you have to stop going along with your reactions. We have to stop going along with our reactions. We have to stop going along with the thoughts and feelings that we have in response to situations. So say you get an email from someone that you've pitched um, to have your uh, your art in their gallery or to be on their podcast or to speak on their stage or to present something in their company. Uh, say you get an email back from that and they say, oh, sorry, you know, we're, we're actually not really interested or we've gone with someone else at this time. What's your reaction? So you're going to have a response. You're going to have immediate thoughts and feelings in response to that email. And that's your reaction and that is your your past story communicating itself to you that is you projecting the past onto the present right away with with what those thoughts and feelings are that you have and so to not go along with them to not go along with that right say you are um i mean i guess this is another rejection example but say um Say you're in conversations with a potential client, a potential maybe big customer or big partner, um, for your business. And they say, Oh, you know, no, not at this time. Or, or maybe they just simply voice a hesitation. Like, we don't, we don't know if this is going to work for us, or we're not sure about you being the one to deliver this or whatever. You know, they voice some kind of hesitation about it. What's your thoughts and feelings reaction? because that is your past. That is how your ego is trying to make sense of the current moment. And it makes sense of the current moment by drawing on what it's experienced before in the past, and the wounding that you developed through your childhood. that that we all developed. It's got nothing to do with whether you had good parents or not. We all um, develop wounding just through the process of separation and individuation. It's just a natural, normal part of the the human developmental process. So you, you project that onto this situation and maybe you project, Oh, they don't think I'm good enough. Um, And maybe someone else projects, Oh, they don't think I'm worthy. Someone else projects, um, they are uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I didn't do a perfect enough application or pitch. It's because I didn't, uh, you know, I wasn't perfect enough. Uh, so we're all going to have these different responses uh, to the situation and your job as a creator, as someone evolving past living in a default mode, as someone evolving past um, a the muggle way of living or living in the matrix is to go hang on a sec that's not real that's my past i'm projecting on this situation to try to make sense of it and that's what i do all day every day my ego is trying to make sense of everything I encounter. And the way it tries to make sense of it is to project what it's experienced before. So it's projecting the past, but that's not the truth of this moment. And if I go along with that, that's just gonna send me down the dysfunction of my patterns and recreating everything I've experienced before. And that's actually not what I'm going for here. I'm a creator and I am creating the reality that I desire, I'm creating the vision that I see in my heart. So I'm going to let go of the past and I'm going to go to the vision that's in my heart instead. And sometimes if you're, if you are actually triggered by the situation that takes will, or that could take a bit more processing, but essentially it's about letting that go. So then you can go, what's the vision in my heart. And if I just look at this situation from a higher perspective, What's actually obvious towards that and that's when the past will be over is when you can do that. Is when you do do that. Is any moment that you do do that the past is over? But you have to keep doing it, and and you you're just going to have to continue to keep doing it because the function of your ego is to constantly try to make sense of what's happening, and the way that it tries to make sense of what happening was, what happening, what is happening, is by drawing on the past. So that's just that's just part of the way the human psyche operates, and so you're just going to your part of your process is just going to be continually aware of that. And the more you're aware of it, the more you see and understand and realize your story. And the more you you know your story, the more you can see the marker points of your story. And you can go, oh, someone's just let me down again. Hang on a sec. This is a part, this has happened before. This is a part of my pattern, which means that I actually unknowingly create this. And I create this by, by going along with my reactions and projecting the past onto the present. And I might not be able to see exactly right now what I've done to make this happen, but I actually have done something to make this happen. That's why it's fucking happening again, you know, and, and that's what coaching is really all about is helping you uncover those things, why they're happening again and what you're actually doing to make that happen again. But my point here is that, you know, you get to know your your posts, your marker posts. I've just become aware of a new marker post that I I really didn't know about before. Uh it's been it's a very uncomfortable <laughs> one to be aware of. But it is, but it is being around being let down by people. It's it's ridiculous. Now I can see it. I'm like, whoa, that's happened before. And it's happened a number of times before. And this is how I always feel about it. And this is how I always respond to it. And it doesn't happen to everyone else, but it happens to me. And there is a reason for that. I am the common denominator. So we we get to know that even more, the more we apply our self-awareness. And so one one thing one way that I've found really helpful that I've just sort of spontaneously been doing in applying this is around my choices and visions. So if you are familiar with my work with creative orientation work, uh, you'll be familiar with the term choices but choices are essentially a way that you something that you a way that you formalize, a a vision that you would love to create in your life that's true to your soul's expression, let's say, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, um, a goal that comes from trying to compensate for, um, some sense of luck in your life or trying to prove yourself. Like it's just something you would love, something you feel like you're here for something you feel like you're here to experience, or, you know, you're here to experience, you know, that you're here for, um, so so a vision, so I'm going to use choice slash vision interchangeably. So what, uh, what I find is sometimes with people with their choices and visions, myself included, um, is that, you know, you can feel very connected to it sometimes, and especially when you first create that vision. But then what happens is your ego starts coming in and it starts going, well, I don't see how this is possible, Alex. Like, Look at look at what you where you are now, or look at what's consistently happened in the past. How do you think you're really going to get here? How do you think like you're really going to get to this level? It's you know, it's delusional. It's it's not going to happen. Um, you know, what do we need to make it happen? And we our ego comes in and it starts slowly more and more separating us from our vision that maybe we felt so connected to when we first identified it. Um, and so, what's actually happening through that process when you're finding it difficult to connect with your visions or your choices um, is that your past is starting to come into it. So, if you ever experience that you have a vision, maybe you have a vision board or you do some other sort of vision thing, or you've got a set of choices and You're finding it hard to connect with your vision or you're starting to question and wonder if this vision is really true for you, if it's what you really want. What's probably happening is your past is starting to come into it. Your ego is looking at it and it's going, I don't see how we can do this. I don't see how this is possible based on the past, based on your identity so far in your life and what you've experienced so far in your life. So something that I've been finding really helpful with this past is over and a way to embody it and apply it is that when I step into my choices, when I do my choice making, I step into my choices every single choice as if I have no past. So if you don't have a choice-making practice, you don't do choices, think of this when you do sort of any type of visioning. Um, if you do any visual visioning, uh, visualisation, if you read through your visions, maybe you write them down or um, you connect with them through your meditation or something, go into that with no past. So like literally just imagine for a moment before you step into it or as you step into it, I have no past. There is no past. There is no past. And then step into it and imagine it and and be in that. And I have noticed a shift since doing this in my being in my vision, how much more open and expansive being in my visions feel And it makes me, it has made me aware of even just like the little subtle ways my ego also steps into that vision and is kind of like having, even if it's just to such a subtle small degree, having like a little tug of war about like, what can we really have trying to like work out how the vision can be possible in what way it can be possible. And it sort of starts like just creeping in. Um, But when I step into it with no past, it kills that off and I'm suddenly, I feel so much more free stepping into it. I'm unrestrained and I am really like in the the love and the truth of the vision. So that's been a powerful way for me to apply it as well as noticing my reactions to things, noticing how I want to respond and going, that's the past. That's my past. I'm projecting onto this. And you can take that further by, by seeing the story that you have, that obviously is communicated through those reactions. Um, and you know, through that being being aware of like, oh, this is just my fucking story that this, 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 or I'm this or others are this, you know, and, you know, the the greater degree to which you really see what's going on behind that reaction, the more and more, you know, power and ease you have in realizing it's not true and realizing that you actually have another choice and realizing being able to see the situation much more for what it truly is uh, which is going to be your power place. Um, so that's how I have been applying and and that real like uh, principle of the past is over. So I actually even want you to try this right now. Firstly, I want you to imagine, That you have no past. And just sit in the space, not trying to do anything, but just sit in the space of having no past. And just notice whatever you notice in having no past. Next, I want you to think of a problem that you're encountering in your life right now something that feels sticky, hard. Ugh, stuck, some way stuck. It could be stuck or just, or a problem. And then I want you to be in that problem or in that stuck thing, just with no past, imagining you have no past at all. And again, just notice, how is it different being in this thing, having no past? It's so different, right? Okay, so the final thing I want you to do is take like a big vision or desire that you have, something that you would love to create or experience and just be in it with no past. No past. Just notice how it feels. Notice how it is to be in it with no past. It's different, right? It's so much more expansive. It feels so much more possible and accessible. So that's the power of having no past. So that's one. The next major thing, I'm realizing this podcast is going to be kind of long. So I'm going to move through the next points a little bit more quickly, but I think it was actually really good to spend um, longer on that because that's a really big one. Like if you can really get that, I want you to just like really just keep sitting with that and let that just keep marinating over the next week. The past is over. What if you had no past? That is, that's big. The, the next um, insights takeaways was actually, I'm going to kind of p- group a few together, which is these messages from the animals, like learnings, teachings that we could take, I could take from the animals. Now, one of them very interesting is that well, I'm going to start by explaining sort of what happens with us as humans and then what you can observe with these animals in Africa. So it, you know, for, for us as humans, we are continuously like stressing out about things. You know, one of the major afflictions of today's age is anxiety, people having anxiety and anxiety is just stress and fear. Right, it's like anxiety about what could happen, what's happening now, yourself, you know, how you're going to get everything done, just what's going to happen, anxiety. Um, and so we stress about things, and we, um, we what we're doing is we're just seeing all these things throughout our day or these broader things in our lives as a threat to our existence. That's what stress really is. That's what anxiety really is. So we unconsciously see all this shit as a threat to our existence. And... You know, and then, you know, we have like really switched on sympathetic nervous systems. People are experiencing burnout, health issues like never before, fatigue, bloating, random, um, rashes or, uh, swelling or hair loss or all sorts of things as a result of just this chronic state of stress, this chronic, chronic state of, um, fear and and perceiving or being attuned to what feels like a threat in your current situation. Really big ones being things like money. Um, What am I going to do about money? Especially if you're self-employed, like maybe you've got a few months secured ahead of time, but then it's like, but then what am I going to do? And am I going to be okay? What's going to happen then? That's what all of this stress and anxiety is. What's going to happen then? What am I going to do then? If this happens, then what's going to happen? If, you know, if I finish up this contract and they don't renew, then what's going to happen? If this happens in my job um, and, you know, I have this horrible boss or I'm let go, then what's going to happen? Like it's it's all this, then what the fuck is going to happen, right? So we're stressing out about potential things that could happen in the future, whether that be in one day, one week, by the end of the year, five years, like that's what we're stressing out about really. Like, what if I waste my whole life? What if I never get the things I want? We just stress, okay? So one of the the messages, the learnings, from, teachings from the animals is that these animals live in, these animals, like where we went on safari, uh, I'm not sure if it's the savannah. I don't think it's quite the savannah. I feel like the savannah is higher. Um but, you know, let's say out on these plains, in these game parks, the animals such as impalas, which are like these tiny little deer um, and zebras and giraffes, and well, actually just even even animals like leopards um, and lions and stuff, these animals live in constant danger. Constant danger. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? You are a zebra and there are lions just fucking around. They're around. They could be anywhere. They could be in the grass right there. You might even be able to see one over by the tree over there. Like they're in constant danger um, of being attacked by these predators and killed. Like their actual lives are in constant danger. But they're not stressed about it. They don't live in a state of stress. They address danger when the danger is real, when the lion is running towards them, but the leopard is jumping out of the tree. That's when they address the danger. That's when it's relevant to address the danger. But the rest of the time, they they live peacefully. They stroll about. They have a nibble here and there. They're not like fucking huddled together with two on the lookout, two on the watch in front, two on the watch behind, like staying in a really close little huddle together, jumping, flinching, running, taking off like at any, any loud sound or anything that, you know, um, bird that jumps out of the tree. They're not living like that. They're not living in stress. They are in constant danger, but they're not stressed about it. And this is is actually huge because when we are in stress, we go into our ego. We go into our dysfunctional patterns, our dysfunctional mode of awareness. And the reason is because we're trying to avoid some outcome and so we're trying to create certainty around certain outcomes and we feel like because we don't have the certainty right now we're not okay and things are not going to be okay and whenever we need certainty we're going to draw on what we know and guess what what, what we know is our past That's what we know is what we've experienced before is the definitions we created about ourselves in childhood that we don't have the power, we don't have the authority, no one listens to us, no one sees us, um, we don't belong, whatever your flavor is and that's what you draw on and that's what you inform yourself about what's happening by is your past you project the past onto the present and so then you live out your dysfunction you live out your patterns you get the same shit you know in your life so so it is it is really powerful to see you just just because there are potential future threats in your life you don't have to live in stress. You don't have to be stressed about it, you know, and it's just arbitrary anyway to when you, when you start going into stress about a potential threat. So I'll just give an example. This has just been, um, something that, you know, I heard this, I got this message and I thought it was huge. When I got this message on Safari, but then I, then I've actually had to apply <laughs> apply this uh, since getting back from Safari um, around money and security of future. So, I the way my business is structured, I have a lot of income that is booked and due and and even actually automated to come in well ahead of time. So, I usually have like a lot of income um, that I know months in advance that I've got, you know, all of my expenses covered or whatever. Not everyone runs their business that way. I, I run my business that way and I help others run their business that way because there's, there's a lot more to it than just that. There's, there's also, um, how that helps the what is resulting in that is actually being of even greater service to your audience and your clients with uh, what you make available to them but not to get diverted onto that um but i have just because of the timing of um a lot of the programs i've been running i have a very i've compared to usual a short amount of that um because i just Need to what like the the next things need to just kind of tick over and start. It's just like this time of the year that this happens, Um, and I was getting stressed out about it. I was even getting stressed out about it when it was like um, six months or more than six months I think even more than six months like seven months in advance I was like oh you know like I started to notice the stress creeping in of like what am I going to do like at the end of the year and um you know it's like what the fuck that's like (laughs) so long away you know and it And it's just not even needed or functional that I try to secure past that, you know, income. It's just, that's not, that's not even functional in how the business is, is operating and it's not needed. It's not required. And then that tension, um, has just been building as, as, as that period is shortening before kind of my next things tick over and start. And I was Feel I was getting really locked into stress about it, or not locked in because I was I was noticing it, processing it, and working my way out of it. But what I was doing was being in stress about a potential future, about a potential threat. Sorry, a potential well, a potential future, but a potential threat in the future. And so long as I was in that, I actually, whenever I was in that, I couldn't be in my creative orientation, I couldn't be just purely in the heart of my visions and creating them. And then what happens for me in that, and this happens for everyone actually, is that I would start shrinking and contracting and actually doing the very thing that would sabotage the end result that I'm wanting because all my focus is on a potential future threat but animals don't do that. And you don't need to do that. And it's actually not even going to help you to do that. It's going to harm you actually, you know? And so I really just been applying and it's actually, it's actually really sunken in. Um, and I'm feeling just the best and the most free that I've been feeling in a while as I've really applied this, like I don't, that is not something I need, like it's, it's something to be aware of in terms of always be aware of your current reality. Don't bury your head in the sand and be in avoidance, but it's actually not something I need to do anything else about right now. I just need to be in the creation of my visions. That's, that's all. And if I reach a point where there's, you know, something that I need to deal with, then I'll deal with it when I reach that point. But actually right now there's not. Right now, actually, everything is fine, you know, and it's just the, the fear of, of what could happen and then what that will mean and what that does mean about me, or, you know, which is a projection of the past, you know, and then that whole kind of uh, snowball from there of just like my story, that's what was creating the stress. But animals are in constant danger and they're not stressed about it. That was a big one. Um, And I'm not going to keep kind of explaining it. I feel like I could just talk about that for an hour. But I'm going to leave you with the message. Animals are in constant danger, or these animals were, but they're not stressed about it. And so how, you know, what does that mean to you? Can you see how... Being stressed about things actually not only doesn't help you, it actually sort of holds you back and harms you. Can you see that? And what what are you going to take just from recognizing, wow, these animals, like they fucking live with lions and leopards and hyenas and cheetahs and they're not stressed about it until there's something that they – that actually they need to address. They're not stressed about it. So that was, that was a, a big one from the animals. Um, another one from the leopards. So we saw a few leopards and the leopards, wow. Oh, they were amazing. And what something that was very interesting about like observing the lessons from the leopard was that we were in our safari, safari vehicles, like following these leopards and like all up in these leopard space, basically, um, in these completely open vehicles. And the leopard sees those vehicles or our vehicles as a vehicle. They doesn't, doesn't see us as humans sitting in a vehicle. And the vehicles don't attack the leopards ever. So they don't see it as a threat that they need to fight. They can't mate with the vehicle and they can't eat the vehicle. So they just do not give a fuck about the vehicle. The vehicle has nothing to do with what matters to them. What matters to them is what they need to fight, who they want to fuck, and uh, what they want to eat. That's all that matters to a leopard. That's what's important to it. Um, And so everything else, it doesn't give... Any energy to not even the tiniest amount of energy. We were following this leopard, and this leopard was just like like sauntering along, just you know, kind of weaving its own path, and we were like crashing down little trees <laughs> to like be driving along next to this leopard. I know it sounds bad, it did kind of seem like I don't know about this, but um, that's what happened, and the leopard literally did not pay us any mind there was 3 vehicles at one point following this one leopard and so the message with that is only pay attention to what matters to you so know what matters to you first like know what what matters to you and what matters to your heart to your mission and to what you, like your soul is truly about what matters to you and don't give any energy to anything else. It is a waste of energy. Put all your energy into what matters to you. So if someone comments on your post and they're like, you're full of shit, or like, I don't get what you're talking about. Or, you know, you had someone buy your product or do your program and they like send you a whole hate email. It's like, that's, that's not what's that's got no relevance to like what you're creating, what your purpose is about. Don't give it any energy. Just don't give it any energy. Of course, if someone emails you about your product or program that's telling you it's a piece of shit, you're going to functionally you're gonna functionally check in, like is there any truth I need to take from this? But if it's someone just being triggered and projecting all their shit onto you, don't give it energy. people. People that just like don't understand what you're about and, you, you know, they want you to explain your decisions to them and they're criticizing you and they're telling you you should do other things. That, that's, that's not what you're about. That's not got anything to do with what's important to you. Don't give them any energy. Things that are, just not, that are not what you're about, don't give it any energy. Focus. Um, focus. There's actually a lot of lessons that came out of the leopard. I think I might've written a post on it. I'm not going to go into all of them here because this will just be a two hour podcast and I don't really (laughs) think that's what's going to serve you best. But yeah, there was lots of very cool lessons from the leopard. So the one last animal lesson that I'm just going to share is about living your true nature. And this is going to really make sense if you've done work with me, if you've done coaching or um, my Unlocking Gold program, my Superconscious Creatures program, or my mastermind is is your true nature. So I'm just going to explain it briefly in case you're not really familiar with what does that mean. So our true nature, you know, is using a premise that we all do have a true nature, and a nature about us of um, our qualities, our the way that we operate, the things that we care about, what we love doing, our, our strengths, our talents. We all have a nature, like who we truly are, like this, this essence of who we truly are. And it's unique and different to each of us you know i'm sure you can just even think about some people that you that really shine in the world or that you know personally that really shine and they have different natures like some of them might be really kind of feminine and soft and receptive and some of them might be um you know very kind of direct and and fierce um and people people have these different natures and you can see how those people that have these very different natures that really shine, um, if you even just think of like five people you sort of look up to or idolize in some way, um, how that really works for them, even though they're really different, you know, but it really works for them, right? So that's our, our nature, our true nature. And something we could observe from the animals is how different their natures were, but how each of them, their nature was completely 100% the most viable way for them to live. So for example, an impala, which is like this small deer, is, um, you know, is very flighty. It's light on its feet. They're in herds, they're in packs. They just nibble on grass and eat grass, you know, and, and them doing that is the most Viable way for them to live and survive. You know they have, they have been created for their best level of survival, right? But a lion, on the other hand, it eats animals. Um, also, also lives in packs, but much smaller packs. Um, is very kind of deliberate and focused. It hunts animals. It doesn't eat grass, and that's how a lion does best. Is being like that, being like a lion, right? It's really strong. It's like the strongest big cat in the uh, in Africa, I think. And you know, and that's how it does well. And it like it, it hunts in packs as well, um, lives with others, has this social element um, and that's a lion. And then there's a leopard. A leopard is also a big cat. It's a bit smaller than a lion. It's not as strong as a lion and it's solitary. It lives on its own. It doesn't live in packs. It doesn't hunt in packs. It does everything on its own. And a leopard has a higher kill success rate than a lion even though it's not as strong as a lion and it is on its own and it doesn't hunt in packs, but it actually has a higher kill success rate, right? So the lion, the leopard living its nature is also, you know, the most viable way for a leopard to live. It's, a leopard doesn't need to try to be like a lion, doesn't need to like get stronger to be like a lion. It doesn't need to be in packs to be like a lion. It can live its nature, which is a, which is more strategic, and it gets it gets enough food. It gets what it needs to live, living out the nature of a leopard. The things that leopards just instinctually do, just like lions do. The things that lions instinctually do, just the same as um, hyenas, which are also so different. Which is the same as spotted wolves, which is so different. Like they they have such a different social hierarchy and structure. Like so different. And I'm just not going into it because um, I'm aware of how long this podcast is going, but so different. But all of them do best by being true to what their nature is, their instincts, the structure of their species and living to that. You know, an impala is not going to do very well if it tries to act like a lion a lion's not going to do very well if it tries to act like an impala. In fact, a lion would die if it tried to act like an impala and only eat grass, and um, and a impala would die if it tried to act like a lion and it tried to catch and eat um, other impala. Like it, it wouldn't work out for it. It would die, right? And so the the problem with us as humans is that we fall into this illusion, this assumption that we need to be someone other than who we truly are in order to be viable, in order to have enough money, in order to find love, in order to have a successful business, in order to have success in whatever area we want to have a success in our lives. We, we fall into an illusion, this illusory belief that we need to be something other than just simply who we truly are. Are. We need to be more confident. We need to be more extroverted. We need to be more fit. We need to be more nice and likable or assertive and bossy or feminine and flowing or just more something. Because we're seeing, we we think, oh, those, that person or those people are doing better, or that's what's been taught to us by society, that that's how you get to the top. That's how you get financial success, security, business success, career success, relationship success, family success, whatever. And so then we start doing that. And you know what? it doesn't work very well for us. But we're committed to it and we believe in it that we have to mutate ourselves in these certain ways, even if they're just subtle ways, in order to be viable and exist and survive and thrive and get the things we want. But actually, what we need is to live true to our nature, just like those shining light people that you see, that really shine, and they and they're so themselves, and they're also when you when you actually look at a few of them together, they they're so fucking different. They're so fucking different, and it's really worked out for them, right? So you have the same thing. You have a true nature. You have a nature. Like the essence of you and like your balance of femininity and masculinity and um, softness and directness and, you know, and what you love, the things you're about, what your gifts are, your strengths, you have a true nature and your most viable mode of operation, just like the animals is to live true to that nature but you've been tricked, we've all been tricked into thinking we need to be someone else in order to be viable. And so much of what my work is about, like like what my work is about, is helping people realize, come back to, and live from that true nature, because that's where they create the success from that's where we create the success from that's where we create the abundance that's where we create the flow in all areas the love the relationships the friendships the um the 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 fulfillment as well that's where we create that from when we really just live our true nature it's our most viable mode of operation but we all believe it's not viable for us to do that um and so that was a, a really beautiful thing to, to see playing out with the animals. Their most viable mode of operation is living their true nature. And our most viable mode of operation is living our true nature and, and just seeing with the animals the differences in what that, that actually is and what that looks like for all of them. But it's the most viable thing for each of them. It's really beautiful. Really beautiful. Okay. So I've just got a couple more uh, points left and I'm going to go through them um, a bit more quickly, but I, those, those were really big ones. The past is over and those messages from the animals. So another one that um, was, that really stood out to me, was very powerful for me is about our imagination. And this is going to make a lot of sense to you if you've done my superconscious Creatures or unlocking gold course, um, or even been in my mastermind, um, is how we use imagination. So imagination is part of our intuition. We have to use our imagination to access our intuition. And when we live from our intuition, that's when we are living from our true nature and our purpose, and we're going to create the life we really want. We've got to be able to tap into our intuition to do that. Um, And our imagination is part of that. So what what came through on Safari is that our imagination is the philosopher's stone. And so the philosopher's stone is what, when applied to lead, turns it into gold. So that's the philosopher's stone. It's this alchemical principle is our chemical idea and our lead is our lower self our default self our ego our gold is our greatness and our genius and that's you know us really living our purpose and having the maximum impact having the life that we really desire is living from our gold and the philosopher's stone is what is applied when applied to lead turns it into gold so when applied you know, to our lower nature in our lives can transport us to living from our higher nature, our greatness. And our imagination is directed by definition. So we can either imagine, this actually comes back to my first point, imagine our past onto the present. So we can use our imagination to apply the definitions of our past, our past definitions about life, money, us, other people, the world, you know, whether we get what we want, how we get what we want. We can use our imagination to apply all of those definitions onto the present, which would be projecting our past onto the present Or we can um, use our imagination to imagine what we would love. It's our choice. You're using your imagination all day, every day. How do you want to use it? Do you want to use it to keep recreating past experiences or do you want to use it to create something new? Do you want to use it as the philosopher's stone to live out your greatness and genius, live out your highest expression of your business, live out your highest expression of travel, of adventure, of pleasure, of relationships, of creativity, of art? Do you want to use it for that? If so, you have to use it in that way. You've got to apply definitions to your life that direct you to use your imagination in that way. So for my mastermind babes, you, you know, like I want you to think about those definitions that we've talked about of being a creator, being a magician, applying a higher definition when you notice yourself in reaction because when you apply that higher definition that's going to direct your imagination in a different direction apply the philosopher's stone so you can live out of your greatness your genius what you're truly about so that was my little imagination piece and then the final piece that You know, is something that I I really endeavor to apply a lot, um, but but it was just put in another way that just gives me a visual. I always I find for myself, but also something I really learned through teaching people and coaching is how much having a visual for something helps a point land and helps people remember it and apply it in their lives. And so I've got another visual uh, for this, which is to let it bleed. So we all have some sense of incompleteness. The nature of ego is to feel incomplete. If you've listened to enough Eckhart Tolle, <laughs> read enough Eckhart Tolle books or just any spiritual books, um, the nature of our ego is to feel incomplete. It's always gonna feel incomplete. And actually something that really landed me from Safari was um, how, how, you know, I'm always going to feel a level of insecurity about the future because that is my ego feeling incomplete it's feeling that my current circumstances don't complete me yet and my so what your ego is wanting you to do is always driving you to do is to try to resolve those circumstances, so then you are complete because then everything's going to be okay. So it wants, in this case, um, what I'm talking about, it wants to resolve that sense of insecurity, or, or it wants to resolve that sense of unworthiness, or resolve that sense of not being good enough. And so that's your ego's sense of being incomplete, and it will always feel your ego will always feel incomplete. You know, so it's a wild goose chase that it sends us on to try to resolve that. Um, and that just lands us in our beliefs, in our dysfunction, the past, all that stuff. So, um, so the point that came out of Safari is just to let it bleed, let that incompleteness be, you know, if you've done work with me, you know, that what we have what we want to do is not try to like resolve what our belief our ego believes needs to be resolved instead we focus on our vision and we go for that vision um and so what we what we're doing in that process is letting the ego sense of incompleteness be we just let it be we don't we don't resolve it we let it be and the thing that happens is when we do that and we go for what we love that you know, that tends to reduce our feelings of incompleteness in our ego, because we've taken our focus completely off it. So we feel that wholeness, we feel that bliss, but we don't get the wholeness and bliss by resolving our incompleteness. We get it by letting the incompleteness be there and then focusing on what we really want to create in our lives and going for that instead. Um, so... Yeah, this is just a reminder around that and another visual to give that of let it bleed. Let the incompleteness bleed. Let the ego bleed. Just let it bleed and go for your heart. Let it bleed and go for what you love. Let it bleed, acknowledge it, and then go, okay, what would I love to create? So that is my final point for you from Safari. What felt like some of the most major things that have come out of it and how I've been applying it. And I, you know, I I really encourage you to just intend to just keep sitting with these points, keep having these points land, how they apply to you, how they're playing out in your life, how you can apply them in your life. Because they are super potent. So I, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I, I've had a lot of fun creating it, and oh, I just, I could just keep talking to you guys for ages. Um, but I'm going to wrap it up here. And if you did enjoy this episode, I would like to ask something of you. I would like to ask you to share it with a friend that you think would also resonate with it, also Benefit from it um, because it really helps me get this podcast out there to more people, and it really helps me also with my uh, my aliveness and my activation to keep creating new episodes. Because whenever I hear from you guys that you're enjoying this, that you're loving this, that you just started listening to the podcast, it just lights such a fire under my belly to keep creating more episodes and um, just pour so much. Love love and so much heart into this. And it's it's just such a passion of mine to share with you in this longer form of content. So if you did enjoy this episode, please, I'd love for you to share it with someone that you know, that you think would also get a lot out of it. Um, And if you're listening to it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, and you, you know, you listen to the podcast and um, you enjoy the podcast. I'd also love to ask you to just leave a review. So you can, you can just leave a star review by doing um, the just hitting the stars, um, or on Apple Podcasts you can also leave a written review, and you know that helps even so much more. So I'd love to make that request of you. And I am sending you so much love, and I just cannot wait to see you in the next episode.